Oh, it must be Monday. It must, must be Monday. Though I couldn't tell you that because I have no idea what day of the week it is ever these days, do I? Oh, yeah. Oh, you know, all you folks who've been staying home working, what with the COVID situation? Well, I'm with you now. I'm not working right now because the old foot. I have no idea what day of the week it is to save my soul. But, but here we are, Monday night, 9.02 p.m. I'm getting messages all over the, the place here. People tuning in, people dropping out. No, what is that? Anyway, it doesn't matter. Not that kind of radio show, guys. Hey, it's not the radio. It's a podcast. It's the Toronto Beer Podcast with me, Chris Schreier, your buddy. With a lace over my shoulder for my sweater. It's a little chilly in the office. It's getting to be that time of year. Office not in, no, it's insulated. It doesn't have any air. The nearest vents in the next room. It gets chilly in here. But I'm, I'm here and I'm going to drink some beer with you. And we'll have a little chat. We'll have a little chat. Oh, Instagram's changed the way they do this. That's how I wave now. Interesting. Live and learn. Hey, what do we got? Well, you know what? It's been a while, hasn't it? It's been a while because um, we haven't done a Godspeed beer in a while. Look at this beautiful picture if you're watching one of the videos. It looks like Settlers of Catan almost on this label. Um, it also, the coloration, for some reason, the first time I saw it, I thought immediately, I thought it looked a bit like, uh, like pill, you know, capital, not capital, vitamin P, pardon me. Anyway, this is, um, Kizuna, 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 I'm not sure how hard you make that eye, uh, from Godspeed. They say this is their original Vermont inspired IPA. Uh, and as you know, I'm a, I'm a fan of the Godspeed and I'm a fan of Hazy Boy IPAs. Now, it's interesting. I don't know if you recall a while back, a couple weeks, might have been last season. I can't remember. Um, I was doing a, 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 a New England IPA. I'm going to hold this up and pour it while I tell you this story. Um, and I was like, oh, what was it? They, they used to, you know, New England IPA is pretty much what they call it these days. But we used to call it something else. And, of course, it was a Vermont-style IPA because of The Alchemist in um, Vermont making heady topper and focal banger. Well, you know what? I gave this class a good clean. It's still dirty. Just a lesson there, kids. Can't be too careful when it comes to rinsing out your glassware. Um, yeah, but because of that, uh, Vermont IPA was also a name often given to this style. Um, and that's what um, Godspeed's gone with here. Vermont inspired is their wording, and I'll tell you a little bit about that once we've had a sip. But you can see it's hazy. It's not chunky by any standards. And I mean, it's hazy in a vacuum, but compared to a lot of New England or Vermont style IPAs, this is on the clear side. Like you definitely couldn't read through it, but you know, you can see shapes through it. Um, and some of them are more akin to milk. Uh, well, this one's not. So right out of the gate, um, I like a hazy boy, but you know, I like to keep it in check a little and this one's fitting that bill. Uh, Oh my gosh. So the nose on this is just bonkers. It's like really fruity citrusy. Um, sweet citruses, clementines maybe. Pink grapefruit. And it's like peel and juice. It's both. You get both the oiliness and the citriciness. But then there's also something that's definitely evergreen to it. Like Simcoe. 
Could be probably some Simcoe in here. I haven't done too much reading on this one on purpose. I did read the story about how and when they, they anyway. Um, and then I tapped out when I realized they were going to start talking about the beer. See, I'm pretty sure Simcoe. Because there's a bit of a, it's not quite pine, but it's an evergreeny spruciness almost to it. Um, with, yeah, just mountains of, of citrus. Like it's... It's shocking how citrusy that smells. Anyway, let's have a sip. Mmm. Mmm. That is. Woo. That is something. That's amazing. That tastes a lot like Alchemist's, like, like Focal Banger, which I think we're talking the same alcohol range on that. It's not as big as heady. Yeah, it's 5.8. So it's, it's, uh, not a double IPA. It's an IPA. Um, it, um, definitely there's some malt to it, but before I forget to talk about that, um, it definitely a nice kind of clean barley, two rowy kind of taste. Mm. Maybe something a little bit more. Like maybe either they use Maris instead of two row, like straight two row, or there might be some sort of darker malt uh, on there. There's a breadiness almost, just a little bit more going on there than two row, I think, but I'm not sure. Um, and then, okay, so now we've dealt with that. Holy moly. It doesn't taste like it's been mixed with fruit juices, but it is fruity as... Very bitter, um, not squeaky, not West Coast yet, not quite that level, uh, but it is bitingly dry and and uh, and 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 bitter. Um, and then a lot of citrus peel uh, on the nose. It was very juicy smelling as well as kind of oily, skinny. The taste is a lot more on the bitter side, um, with like grapefruit peel, lemon peel, orange for sure. And then there is juiciness, but it's not nearly as pronounced as, as the peel. And it isn't as, um, I mean, it's not citric tasting at all. There's, the finish has like a little tang to it, but it's not a tart at all um, uh, flavor. But um, floral maybe, a little bit of, um, a little perfumey, but tons and tons and tons of fruit. Um, oranges for sure. Hmm. Grapefruit, as mentioned, white and kind of pink, a little bit more like white, a little bit more bitter. Like maybe a maybe a peachy quality. And then and then this evergreen. Uh very much on the finish. Just before it goes like bitingly dry, you get this green, evergreeny kind of, of taste just for a just for a second. But it does drink like Simcoe. Um, and I don't know what, cas Cascade maybe? Or, uh, I mean, maybe Citra? Could be Citra. Citra can get a little piney sometimes too. Hmm. You know what? I'm going to look it up. Because like I said, I know that they mentioned it. And I stopped myself uh, before I, 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 I gave away the the... I don't want to know the secret sauce, you know? 
I want to know, uh, I want to make my own opinions. Okay, here we go. Uh, There it is, Kizuna. Again, beautiful label. Settlers of Catan. Um, Citra and Simcoe, there you go. Oh, and a plethora of citrus zests. There is actual citrus zest in here. That makes a lot of sense. Uh, it expresses vibrant aromas of pomelo. Okay, passion fruit. Okay, apricot. Maybe peachy, apricotty. Sure. Um, and something approaching evergreen. Hmm. Flavor profile similarly amplifies its citrusy underpinnings with notes of freshly squeezed lemon, pink grapefruit, and orange pith. Pith. Yeah, it's pithy. That's a really apt description. Before washing into a faint tartness in the finish. Yeah, also a very dry finish. Um, nicely dry. So I won't read you word for word, but basically the story goes why they made this. Um, when Bim was still brewing at Duty Sale, um, Sean Hill from Hill Farmstead in Vermont came up to brew with them, and they were like hanging out, or maybe he went down there. I don't know if the story related that now that I say that. Uh, but anyway, they were together and talking about this exact kind of beer. And so, um, okay, I need to look. Uh, it does say during a fateful collaboration between our brewmaster, that'd be Bim, uh, and Sean Hill. And then it just talks about the era of, of Vermont IPAs and such. Um, it, uh, sorry, I just got completely distracted there. Um, but yeah, so this, this was kind of made in, in, that in mind, that brewing with, with Sean Hill, which is like, let's not leave out for a moment that Bim and, oh yeah, like that time I was, yeah, me and Sean Hill hanging out, having, making some beers. It was, it was a good time. Chill. Uh, that's kind of bonkers. Um, but that's why they made this. This is like, that's why it's Vermont specifically as opposed to New England because of Hill Farmstead. Um, really good. Really good. Uh, I should should have been thinking about food. Wasn't. Was just trying to get to that point because I knew I needed to get past that mentally. Get that out of the brain. Uh, mm. It is so... So... Um, again, not like squeaky bitter, but it's quite bitter. There's quite a pronounced bitterness to it. So it makes me think... Oh, shoot, sorry. Ugh, I can't cross that leg. That's the broken one. Um, it makes me think, I want to play off the bitterness. I don't want to, I don't want to, um, uh, 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 like compliment is the word I'm trying to come up with. Oh, guys, I'm not on. I had a rough acupuncture session today. Um, I want to contrast or juxtapose, uh, not compare, uh, compliment, (laughs) Gosh. Okay, so <laughs> thinking about food to go against this. Um, I know last week I was talking about cheese. This doesn't go good with cheese because it's um, quite fatty, and the uh, cheeses, of course, and the beer would uh, would would cut through that. That'd be that'd be something. Mm. Similarly, I think that's the vein we're going to go in when we talk about food. Something rich, eh? Something rich. Um, well, we had a, actually, no, that was wrong. That was wrong. I was going to say we had a really good dinner tonight and that's kind of on my mind. It was a cream sauce with beautiful smoked, but the smoked salmon 
could be interesting. We have this really nice hot smoked salmon. If you think about the smoked salmon you got on your bagel, don't think about that. That's cold smoked salmon. It's also delicious, but this is different. Um, this is salmon. It's, it's quite a bit quicker. You normally will smoke it in just a few hours instead of like two days. Um, down at a higher temp, the salmon actually cooks a bit. So, it, um, you know, the edges get a little crispified and stuff. Um, and it gets quite a dark kind of um, hue to it. Um, but then it's, uh, it's quite dry. You know, you, you cool it. You can eat it hot right off the grill if you like. Um, but you can also then cool it, vacuum seal it, which is how I got it. Um, and it's quite flaky, quite firm, um, and quite dry, uh, but very fatty, of course, because salmon's a very fatty fish, um, and very smoky, and very sweet. See what I'm doing here? Salmon, people often will put a squeeze of citrus on top. Could you all see that? I just... In, in gesturing citrus on top with my hand in a crazy way, I hooked the lip of my cup, and I thankfully didn't dump much beer on me, but I did dump some beer on me, enough that I'll probably have to get changed after this video. Erica, if you're still listening, I'll be an extra minute. Uh, no cleanup necessary, just a few splashes landed on me. Um, anyway, I think that, some hot smoked salmon, cold though, maybe on some crackers. So we're gonna have some hot smoked salmon, flakes, fatty, smoky, a little sweet with this guy, which is bitter and citrusy and a little evergreen. The only thing we're really missing here is sour, right? Like actual sour. You could, if you wanted to dry out a little bit more, have a little squeeze of like lemon juice or something on the salmon, which would then, that would be uh, bringing that out in the beer. Everything else is just contrasts, but I think that could be really interesting. The one thing that I'd be a little bit worried about is the smoke there. Um, I think it'd be fine, but some people might be a little off put by that. Smoke can be difficult to work with with beers. The temptation, of course, is always just to go with a beer that has inherent smokiness to it, whether that's a beer made with smoked malts, um, which Godspeed's been doing a lot, um, as you know, because I've tasted them and talked about them, but I'm going to tell you a little bit about that in a minute. Um, but so either smoked malts or malts that aren't necessarily smoked, but have a smoky quality, very darkly roasted ones. Um, so you're, you're, you know, you're, you're, you're coming alongside. What's the word I said earlier? You can, you can contrast or you can complement. So yeah, you can use a complementary beer that way. Um, but it's diff it's more difficult when you're when you're contrasting. What do you hold against smoke? Like, what works against smoke? Um, and I think clean notes and citrusy notes definitely would be something because um, they're very different. They kind of play off each other. I hope so. That's my thought. Hot smoked salmon with this beer. You heard it first here, kids. Hey, uh, you know what I was just saying? Um, Godspeed put out, a, a, I think it was in their stories on Instagram, talking about uh, how they, they have a couple of beers that they call uh, Godspeed style. And like, what does that mean? And um, what it really comes down to is it's that um, at Godspeed, Bim and, and Bim's brewing staff, I'm sure, I'm sure he's not the only person uh, interested in this, have been really playing a lot with smoked malts, using smoked malts in beers that wouldn't, by modern standards, typically have smoked malts in them. Um, their Saison would be one of these examples. You know, it would be very unusual these days to have a Saison made with a smoked malt. Their point with the Saison specifically is historically because Saisons were made as literally farmhouse beers, like made in farmhouses. The farmer probably would have produced the malts um, and maybe wouldn't have necessarily malted them themselves, but it, it would have been done locally and, and historically would have been done in a smoky environment. It would have been done with fire. Um, and so the malts would all have had a smoky quality to it. And so 
of course, historically, Saisons would have had a smoke kind of character to them in some places. Other places, they use different types of uh, malting equipment. It gets a little complicated. Um, but beyond that, they do it in a couple of other beer styles, too. So they did a, a Hellas-style lager that also had smoked malts in it. Totally not the norm, um, but not unattractive. It was quite nice. Um, sometimes they use the, the smoke with a pretty notable smokiness not ashtray levels but like it's there for sure other times it's like just a, a whisper and uh, i like to think of it as like salt um that you can just add it to add a little bit more of everything kind of elevates everything you know um but the reason why they opted to say godspeed style is because as soon as you call a beer a smoked saison or a smoked hellas or whatever it creates uh an expectation which for a lot of people is negative and so it's a way of trying to encourage people to be a little experimental without having to you know give in to these you know prejudices they have about smoke um i i've been drinking the um i never say it right Svetli Latsik, the the czech pilsner i drink it a lot like that's a pretty normal beer for me to have in the house uh, i just picked up some and I don't know if it's because I just read that, if it's just tricking me, but I'm wondering if they're putting a bit of smoked malt into there these days. I don't know if it's been there since day one and I never noticed it, or if, like I say, it's a little, you know, placebo effect because I've been told, you know, oh yeah, Godspeed style, there's a lot of smoke stuff. But I'm wondering, and it might even be that there didn't used to be, and they're just... A little bit, a little bit more, a little bit more. Um, you know, that's how you make changes in a beer is very slowly. Um, but I'm wondering if I'm picking up just a little smoke malt in that Pilsner. Who knows? I know. I know who knows. And I can ask him. I can text him right now. Well, I can't because it's the Instagram machine. But uh, we could figure that out. But I'm going to leave it. I don't want to be embarrassed if it's not. Um, so that's that. Godspeed. Uh, this available right now at the brewery. I highly recommend one of the most wonderfully painless uh, online ordering experiences. Um, and it's the second closest brewery to me geographically and th the first in my heart. Um, no offense, speeches. Godspeed. Come on. Uh, you go online, go to their website. It's Godspeed Brewery, I think. I just had it open. Where did it go? Godspeedbrewery.com. You can order. Uh, you can get pick up at the shop. You can just go into the shop and buy too. It's still open. Everything else is closed there, but the shop's still open. Um, but even better, uh, order today, delivery tomorrow um, for, uh, or if you order before 11 in the morning, same day uh, for uh, Toronto delivery. There's limited postcodes, but I think it's a good, a good chunk of Toronto anyway. Um, so you can order online. It's available right now. Mwah. It's beautiful. I highly Highly recommend. Uh, I'm going to have a sip and then get back at you one second. Hang, hang tight. I'll be right back. If this were a real podcast, this would be like an advertising break. I'll do an ad one second. Hey, friends, are you like me? Do you like to drink independent beer? <laughs> uh, of course we do. That's a bit of a joke. Indy Ale House, uh, in, the, in the Manulife Center at Italy and their uh, junction location. We love Indy. Uh, I had some Indy Ale House beers. Didn't I just do one last week? No, I did the, that's right, uh, McTavish and Memoriam. Uh, had a couple of Indy beers, real nice. So they're, they're the same. I'll go online and order, and they'll deliver it. And that's, <laughs> that's the best part of COVID. 
man, you can just, I know a lot of breweries are already doing delivery, but it just seems so novel, like the virus. Anyway, uh, check out Indy Elhis. This, uh, this message not sponsored by Indy Elhis, sponsored by my love for Indy Elhis. One more sip, I'll be right back. So, uh, we don't have a lot on. Uh, this past weekend would have been cask days, um, an, an event that I've been serially absent from recently, um, not liking crowds that much anymore. It's a great event, though. Damn. Uh, I wish I had more money and likes people more because it would be the exact type of event I would have loved to have gone to at this point in the year if it had been happening. But of course it isn't because COVID. Uh, so uh, if you're missing cast days, I am sorry to hear that. I am a little bit too. Actually, more than anything, what I'm missing about cast days is everybody else talking about cast days. I like to live vicariously through people going to cast days while I got to stay at home and drink cans of beer and not have to deal with people. Uh, but so that's kind of sad. I know there's been a lot of milestones like that, but that one, man, remember in February when this thing happened, I remember thinking when, when it came down and everything started shutting down in March and, um, somebody we knew was their kid was having a birthday or something, you know, they couldn't have it obviously. Cause you know, social gatherings were, verboten but uh they uh so they i think they did like a zoom party or something like that which is you know that sucks for a kid no one wants to do that you want to pin tails on things and smash piñatas so then at that time i thought well this this is terrible but i don't think any of our birthdays are going to be affected by this because of course um the next birthday was ben's that's that's in august and then me that was last week in October. And then Grace, that'll be next month in November. And then my wife, uh, Erica, she'll be January, ways off. But back then I thought, oh, I'll probably be fine by August. Oops, my birthday was, we had a party, but it was a very modified party. Um, so yeah, a lot of that's been going down. And uh, it just seemed, I don't know why, but a lot of people talking about cast days and that one hurt extra for me sometime, somehow. Especially considering I don't think I've been in six years. So I think I've been to it at the Brickworks three times maybe only twice not sure what else is happening you know what it's a good thing um uh let me see if i can find it here um i think we've talked about this before um but uh um it isn't just left field i don't think um i know left field did one but there, there's there's um yeah, pairingwithbeer.com. That's exactly what I'm looking for. Pairingwithbeer.com. Uh, it's just taking a minute to load. Anyway, what it is, you go online, you uh, here it comes, um, and, and it's, a, it's an event, but obviously you do it at home, you see. And, um, and sorry, this website's kind of slow, pairing with beer. Step it up, guys the 20s um yeah uh, uh i should have done research on this it literally just came to mind because i saw a post on instagram just before i sat down um anyway whatever i can't really figure this out right now off the top of my head um but they they you you get a ticket and then i, I believe they send you beer and cheese and then at the time of the uh, event, you've got it and you i think you jump on a zoom or something like that and then Oh, no, wait. This is a blog. Yeah, events. I think I'm right about this. Oh, this, I really should do my homework. 
is it this? Here's an Eventbrite. That looks positive. Hey, uh, pairing with beer.com. If you're not who I think you are, I'm really sorry. But here's a bit of free advertising. Nerd class. Um, well, I might be wrong about this, guys. Oh, no. Yeah, yeah. Beer Nerd 101. $30 includes six beers and a special glass. Okay, so there isn't cheese with this one, but I'm pretty sure they do ones with cheese as well. Anyway, it's a really cool idea that you 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 get it and they send you the stuff and then at a fixed time, you have a meeting, you've all got it in front of you, you're all drinking the same things. I think that's a great idea. I think that's, it sounds like a lot of organization and I applaud you, Beer Nerd. No, wait, what was it called? Uh, uh, um, pairingwithbeer.com. Um Good on you. I think that's a really good event. Oh, and 30 bucks, six beers and a guided tasting. That's, that's value. That's amazing. That's like what I used to charge when I was doing it in person in a bar. And I haven't had to do all the logistics of getting you the beer. That's pretty, pretty impressive. So I would, I would recommend checking them at pairingwithbeer.com. Check out their events. Looks good. Um, not really an event. Something that sort of sucks that we have to even mention. Um, actually, I was aware of it last week. I've been aware of it for couple weeks now since i've been working for sure um so but i think it's at this point it just seems like it's not going away and i think we need to start making some noise about it um if you haven't heard there's a bit of a do going on right now um in nova scotia uh it's about um uh they say conflicts over Mi'kmaq livelihood fishery um here's the gist of it the commercial lobster fishing um, season is closed right now on the East Coast. So if you're a commercial um, uh, license holder, you uh, um, you can't fish for lobster right now. It's, it's a closed season. Um, and this is a, a, in interests of conservation and keeping the stock healthy and blah, 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 blah. The flip to that is um, the local Mi'kmaq have treaty rights to fish for... Um, uh, I can't remember the exact word they use here. Um, like a, a modest income or something like that is the wording. Um, so for themselves, um, uh, for ritual purposes and for uh, modest income. Um, but that was decided, but then it was never really, the, the government never actually kind of cemented that. So it was decided by the court, but then they've never actually fixed the problem. So anyway, this summer, um, some Mi'kmaq, uh, lobster fisher people decided to fish, which is 100% their right to do. Um, and non-indigenous, uh, fisher people, uh, freaked out and have been protesting and destroying property and being general jackasses, um, racist jackasses about it, uh, no less. <clears throat> and it's ongoing. Uh, a couple of days back, um, a bunch of uh, commercial fishermen stormed a lobster pound, which is like where they keep lobster. These are the people, by the way, who are telling us that they're concerned about conservation of the stock. And they took thousands of lobsters from the pound and dumped them onto the ground where they spoiled. So that's what they think of conservation. Um, I also saw, I have this interesting, um, just little, um, I believe it's a tweet uh, here shared as a meme now. Um, it says the numbers are from the agent NDN. I don't know who that is, and I have not verified these numbers. But 
it does seem to be legit. Uh, apparently, yearly, there are 925 lobster license issued uh, to non-indigenous people, or they say settlers, which is a good way of putting it. Um, five get issued to uh, Mi'kmaq. Uh, the total number of traps for the settlers or the non-indigenous uh, population, 367,125. Uh, the total number of Mi'kmaq traps, 250. Uh, so I think we could, I mean, I'm no expert, <laughs> but I, I feel like the problem here with sustainability is not on the indigenous side. Uh, and much more than that, even if it was, uh, the reality is they do have treaty rights to be fishing there. And beyond that, outside of their treaty rights to be fishing there as anybody in the country has rights, uh, they should not be uh, having rocks thrown at them, have their property destroyed. There's been vans burned, lobsters. There's this crazy thing going on, which is like fishermen on the East Coast never mess with each other's stuff. And the non-Indigenous fisher people are going out and cutting the lines and hauling the traps of the Indigenous fishermen um, and stealing them, which is like really bad. Like waking up with a, a dead horse's head in your bed next to you kind of bad when you do that sort of stuff. Um, and they're doing it. Uh, this is something they would never dream of doing to a white fisher person. Never. It would just be beyond the pale. Uh, but it's fine because it's, they're Mi'kmaq. Um, as noted, racism. Uh, so what can you do? Unfortunately, not a whole ton. I did sign a, it wasn't just signing a thing. Um, I went to a link at collectiveaction.ca for the Mi'kmaq rights to fish. It's not just a, um, uh, what's the word here? You know, um, where you put your name, one of those. Uh, it's one of the ones where they automatically send emails to uh, your MP, the PM, the MP in the area, people from Department of Fisheries and Oceans, whatever, you know, it, it's, a, it's an email campaign um, and you can take part. And when I did it, there was, I think I've already closed that window. Um, I'm just reopening it. Over 30,000 people anyway. I think it was around 37,000 people had, uh, had taken part what else? I don't know if there's anywhere right now that's collecting um, money, but I would check on Kickstarter. That's the kind of uh, place that you would see that sort of thing. Um, I did do a search, and I didn't see anything. So if you're interested in giving financially, um, I don't have an answer there, but certainly you can add your voice to it. The other thing is you can talk about it to people. Um, I don't know if any of you didn't know about it, and now you do. That'd be great. If Whether you knew or not, if you want to tell somebody else about it and just, uh, and be willing to have a conversation and be ready. Um, and in fact, if you're in a place where you're kind of going, well, I don't know, maybe, maybe the, the non-indigenous fishermen have a, have a, a, a point. Um, you know, there's some opportunity for dialogue here. Uh, and it could be a growing experience. Um, but have some conversations with people, draw people's attention to it. Um, Basically, what do they say? Uh, up the frequency. Uh, just make some noise about this because it's crazy. Literally, there, there's recordings of um, indigenous uh, fisher people at the pounds trying to protect them and non-indigenous fisher people throwing rocks at the people outside the building with RCMP officers standing literally right next to them doing nothing. And the RCMP are saying, oh, this isn't our department. It's like, no, no, trust me. Cops do a lot of things that they really don't need to be doing. But a violent mob throwing rocks at a marginalized community, that's 100% where police need to be active. And by the way, 
uh, guys, before you get trigger happy, it's to deal with the white people. That's the people that need dealing with in this situation. It's the, the non-white people that are going to need your protection. I know that's a bit of a weird kind of role reversal, but you're going to have to get used to that. It's going to happen more and more. And it's happening right now, and the RCMP are literally standing by doing dick all, uh, to use the term that I think most appropriate. So make some noise about it, and... Um, I can't imagine if there's anybody there listening right now, but gosh, if there is, hit me up and let me know. I want to send you all the love and support I can. Um, stay strong, guys. You are fighting for something that you shouldn't have to fight for. It should just be yours. The fact that it's not is our fault and the fault of our government, and I am sorry. Um, and I would like to see that changed. So, uh, not the awesomest thing to talk about during a beer podcast, but unfortunately, it's still going on, so we need to make some noise about it. Other than that, uh, Kazuna from Godspeed, delicious beer. I'm going to have a sip right now. Mmm. The aromas, both from the glass and coming off of my semi-damp body, uh, are delightful. There's a picture you probably don't want. Don't think about that if you get this and are drinking it, unless you like the smell of beer off my scent. What did I say? Semi-damp? Oh, that's not an attractive description. Anyway, that's it. Uh, 9.35. Time to shut it down. But I'll be back next Monday. I had some people mention that they like the, the um, bourbon. So maybe I'll do... I got a nice bottle of rum on the go. Maybe I'll do a rum next week. How'd y'all feel about that? You ever sip a rum just for for the, the pure joy of it? It's delightful. Um... Yeah, that's what we got. Hey, have a good week. I'm going to be gently rehabbing my stupid leg. And uh, other than that, doing not a lot of anything. So I hope your week's better than mine. And uh, we'll talk at you next week, which I believe is after the clocks go back. I could be wrong about that. It doesn't impact this at all. Still sometime around nine. We'll talk at you then. Have a good night. <laughs>